if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get underway at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Tuesday, the 27th morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord 2019. A lot of important work to do today. So Joe Biden is in some serious hot water with his own party. Joe Biden, for the first time since declaring his candidacy for the Democratic nomination for president, Joe Biden is not leading. He is trailing by one point. It's not a big, significant margin, obviously, within the margin of error, in fact. But both Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, a couple of socialists, are now leading with 20% of the vote each over Joe Biden, who has 19%. Joe Biden, supposedly the Democratic moderate, the non-far leftist, even though he is still, of course, a leftist, um, Joe Biden is trailing. That means, Hugh Hewitt put it this way, I think, last hour, and I think he's right. Hugh Hewitt pointed out that the Dems are about to nominate a socialist. There is just no other way to view the direction this is going. Biden is tanking, and I mean in a very, very major way. Every time he opens his mouth and doesn't know where he is, Every time he opens his mouth and inserts his foot and says something embarrassing or grabs somebody the wrong way or reaches in and smells somebody hair, somebody's hair, all of these things. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Joe Biden is starting to freak the Democrat voters out. And with good reason. It is understandable. He is absolutely lost. Quite literally, when you think about it from, the, from a MapQuest point of view or a GPS point of view. Wow, I just went old school on you there, didn't I? MapQuest. Remember using MapQuest? Remember how transcendent it was when trying to get directions to go somewhere? MapQuest was the thing. Problem is you needed a printer. Now you just have your phone's GPS. Anyway, he literally didn't know where he was. He didn't have MapQuest or GPS when he was in New Hampshire and then telling everybody how much he loved Vermont. Uh, he's gone. He's lost. And the the Democrats know it, which means they are not going to be able to rely on the name They're not going to be able to rely on the familiarity of Joe Biden as part of Obama-Biden for eight years to beat Donald Trump. It's going to have to be a new face. It's going to have to be a socialist face. And this is what they have decided. This is where they want to take their party. 
to Bernie Sanders or Liz Warren uh, or Kamala Harris, who's just as much of a socialist in terms of what she supports as well. She might not be as out front with the word as the others, but uh, that's what they have decided to do. They can count on a vote from rhino Republican, no longer a conservative, and also no longer, this part matters, this part is actually very, very important to me. No longer Salem Media talk show host Joe Walsh. They know they can find support in Joe Walsh. And that's it. Yes. You dig it. Yes. Yes. Joe Walsh, if you did not hear, is uh, on his way out of Salem Media. I told you yesterday when we responded and reacted to Joe Walsh running for president as the anti-Trump or the never-Trumper in a Republican primary challenge. Told you that Joe Walsh, uh, um, you know, I, I, I have never really in the in the time that he has been on the overnight shift or the late night shift uh, on on uh, AM 1420, The Answer, and syndicated, of course, across Salem properties, I've stopped my cross-promotion of other uh, shows at 10 o'clock with Larry Elder. I tell you all about, of course, my friend Hugh Hewitt, who comes on before me. And then I always tell you to listen to, uh, to Gallagher and then Prager. And make sure you listen to Dr. Gorka. Make sure you listen to Jay Sekulow Live. Then you make sure you listen to Larry Elder, if you have the radio on at all, and have an appetite for good, solid, conservative news talk and analysis. You listen to AM 1420, The Answer, all the way from 6 a.m. until 10 p.m. And I always stop there. And I've never promoted Joe Walsh's radio show. And that's you know kind of a cardinal rule, really, against uh, you know that I violated here, um, kind of going against the norm. You're supposed to cross promote all of your partners on your station, but I would never promote this never Trumper. He was never Trump on the air. He is never Trump online. His Twitter feed is one bashing attack of Donald Trump after another. It has been for two and a half years, and it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Anyway, yesterday he went on one of his favorite places. Of course, he is a you know closeted liberal. Um, he went on MSNBC, kind of where he belongs, and where he, you know, he didn't belong on Salem, didn't belong on, doesn't belong on Fox News, doesn't belong on any place uh, that uh, conservative analysis is welcomed and conservative viewpoints are expressed. But he is indeed welcome on uh, MSNBC. And remember yesterday when I told you about Joe Walsh, uh, and we discussed his uh, his ridiculously impossible uh, uh, late decision to get into a presidential primary race against President Trump. Uh, I told you that once it's over and once he has failed, you know that he will not, of course, endorse the Republican nominee the way all of the other Democrats, or excuse me, not Democrats, all of the other primary challengers in 2016 in the Republican field, once Donald Trump won the nomination, they all endorsed his candidacy. Because we had to stop Hillary Clinton. That's the way it has to be done. Will it be done that way this time with Walsh and Bill Weld challenging an incumbent president? Once he wins the nomination officially, of course, which he will, will they support the Republican nominee? No. Joe Walsh made that very clear on MSNBC with Nicole Wallace. If it doesn't work out, will you vote for the Democrat? I will never vote for Donald Trump again. 
Will you vote for the Democrat? I don't know. It's the best honest answer I can give you. I don't think so. Here's but if you think that I he's know. mentally unfit, I mean, I, yes. I, I said many months ago that I would vote for any of these candidates. I'll vote for their automobile. And I think the most intellectually honest thing to do, if you really, and I, and I believe that you believe what you're saying. Yeah. Um, is to say that the, the best person to beat him will be the nominee of the other major party in this country. So if, 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 I, if I don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take down his numbers. I mean, this is a political strategist. Right, I mean, right, right. I'm going to try to pull down his numbers. I'm going to raise attention around his fitness. I'm going to find the few cats and dogs who maybe stick Corker in a bus and drive around Iowa. And I mean, there are only a handful of people who have made this argument. But if it doesn't work out, I'm going to throw my weight and my vote and my support and my radio listeners behind the Democratic nominee. Trump can't win. So I could Is that be, a yes? Yeah, well, Nicole, it's, it's grab my hand, I could be brought there. I'm moving there. Look, I'm, I'm... Grab my hand, I could be brought there. I'm moving there to vote for the Democratic candidate. That's all you need to know. That's all you need if you were looking for any proof or needed any proof whatsoever that Joe Walsh, former congressman and now former salem media host thank you by the way radio gods and and uh radio executives in the salem corner offices thank you i want to be able to promote all of salem property salem's properties i want to be able to promote the late show the 10 p.m show i really do and i couldn't do that in good conscience with uh joe walsh sitting in that seat and uh so that's a good thing but if you were ever looking for any proof that joe walsh was a fraud that Joe Walsh was never a conservative, that Joe Walsh does not believe in America, America's ideals, does not believe in the Constitution, does not believe in liberty, does not believe in Second Amendment rights, does not believe in your right to buy your own health insurance plan, your private health insurance, um, that uh, Joe Walsh does not believe in uh, higher wages, Joe Walsh does not believe in more jobs, Joe Walsh does not believe in lower regulations, Joe Walsh does not believe in lower taxes, Joe Walsh does not believe in any of those things. If you ever needed proof, you have it now. Because he just admitted there is a strong chance that he will take your hand and walk over to the Democrat side and vote for a socialist who will take all of those things I just described away from you. He will never vote for a president that is trying to lock those things in. Donald Trump, he said. But he could be persuaded to vote for a Democrat who's going to be a socialist. The nominee is going to be a socialist. And he is saying, "Take my, I'll take your hand and you could lead me there. The other possibility, as I pointed out on yesterday's show, the other possibility, of course, is that he decides to be Ross Perot. That he decides, I'm going to stop Donald Trump no matter how badly it hurts my country. I won't outright run with or campaign for or support or vote for the Democrat candidate, but I will be the third-party candidate that robs Donald Trump of enough conservative votes because of really simple-minded conservatives and never-Trumpers who will not vote for Donald Trump, and that this gives them a way out to cast their vote for Joe Walsh. I will do enough damage, taking enough votes away from him, especially in swing states, to make sure that the socialist wins. 
I will sell out my own country knowing that it will be in horrific hands if it is handed over to a socialist. Everything this country was founded upon will be in jeopardy. Everything that this country has become as the leading force for good in the history of human civilization, as the world's foremost superpower in all manners, economically through our capitalist system, militarily, we are the world's foremost superpower. All of it will be in jeopardy if we elect a socialist. Joe Walsh will try to get a socialist elected. Either by voting for that socialist Democrat, as you just heard him say, or by running as a third-party candidate and siphoning off enough Trump votes to give the election to the socialist that is nominated by the Democrats. It's just what exactly what Ross Perot did. I don't think he had the same evil intentions that Joe Walsh does, but when Ross Perot ran and pulled enough conservative votes... You know, he's a Texas oil man. When he pulled enough conservative votes away from George H.W. Bush, that's all it took to hand the election to William Jefferson Clinton. And it's something that Ross Perot, God rest his soul, will and never should be forgiven for. Because it launched the Clinton crime syndicate into prominence. Because Bill Clinton, of course, beget Hillary Clinton who begat, well, didn't begat, but she herself uh, did so much damage in the Senate, in the uh, Secretary of State's office, and more. Russian deals with the uh, Clinton Foundation. All, I mean, uranium sales. I mean, we can go through the history of the Clintons, but they never would have risen to power had it not been Ross, for, for Ross Perot. And now, Joe Walsh is set to become Ross, Ross Perot part duh. Or maybe we should say part duh. 920, this is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer, right back after this. Put your money on the table and drive it off the line. Turn on that old love light turn it maybe to... Nine twenty-five. Now the Bob France Authority, continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. Joe Walsh is uh, running for president. And he's going to lie about Donald Trump, and he's going to complain about... By the way, I have to hit this before I move on to my next subject. Because I I just... These kinds of hypocrites are just the worst kinds of hypocrites. Joe Walsh, literally from the moment he made his ridiculous announcement for for, uh, uh, his candidacy, complained that I'm going to be attacked now by Trump supporters. They're going to attack me. They're going to attack me. and, and, And they don't know how to handle things because all they can do is attack, attack, attack. He did it again. He did it again today with this gem, this tweet, uh, actually late last night. Quote, I'm running against, listen to these, I'm running against a sexual predator, a serial liar, a malignant narcissist, an obstructor of justice, a psychopath, a betrayer of this nation's interests, a bigot, an incompetent boob, a failed businessman, and I'm getting attacked for some offensive and inappropriate tweets, period. (laughs) You talk about a lack of self-awareness. He just attacked Donald Trump for about 220 of his 280 characters allowed in one tweet. He has been attacking Donald Trump on Twitter and on his radio show for two and a half years. 
That's all he does is attack. He's offered no solutions, no policy prescriptions. He has attacked Donald Trump. That's it. That's been his radio show, which is why I never promoted it, even though it's on this station. He has attacked Trump on, online on his social media. I've called him out on it from time to time. Eventually, I just stopped following him, literally unfollowed him on Twitter, so I don't have to see his trash. But it still pops up because people that I do follow are responding to it, and I saw this one. And I just want to say, as he complains and cries about being attacked by Trump supporters, I have never seen anyone cry longer or louder over being, quote, attacked while being a nonstop attacker of Donald Trump anywhere in my life. Seriously, this guy is a fraud and a hypocrite, and he is begging for attention. Now, I recognize, don't bother pointing it out to me, that I am giving him what he wants, which is some attention. I understand that. And there is a strategy to it. There's sometimes you have to bring attention to someone's ignorance, idiocy, insanity, or whatever his particular problem problem was. Sometimes you have to do that in order to diminish them as they do get more attention. And then you let them just kind of fade away. And eventually that will happen. He won't have his radio platform anymore. His Twitter followers will start to shrink. And yes, people will expose him for what he is. He is a fraud. He is a he is a rhino of the worst order. The worst kind. And he is a phony conservative, which makes it even worse. Joe Walsh is a hypocrite and a fraud. And he's going to try to steal the election from Donald Trump. Not that he can win it, but steal it by either convincing people to join him in voting for the Democrat socialists or by becoming a third-party candidate and trying to siphon, enough, uh, siphon off enough votes from Donald Trump to get that third, or excuse me, to get that socialist Democrat elected. One way or the other, he is going to try to bring down Donald Trump. And we are going to have to stop him. Like I said, we're not going to give him all the attention that he wants, but we are going to have to find a way to minimize his impact. Any conservative, especially one who used to be a Tea Party favorite, who uh, any phony conservative even, rather, uh, who uh, uh, used to be a Tea Party favorite who runs for president can have the same effect of Ross Perot. He doesn't have to get 2% of the votes, but if he gets them in the right places, in the right swing states that are integral to the president's success. We, of course, talk about the Democrats' blue wall. You talk about Michigan, you talk about Wisconsin, you talk about Pennsylvania. If he gets just a few Trump supporters to vote for him instead, even though he can't win, it could be enough to push the socialist over the top. Uh, I welcome your thoughts on this. 216-901-0945, Phone lines are now open. Dial right now. We'll get you up and on the radio on AM 1420, The Answer. It is 935. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Bob France Authority. 216-901-0945, uh, Just uh, perusing something on Twitter during the break. Yes, I shame myself when I admit that I do, because none of us should use Twitter ever. But yet here we sit, forced to 
defend ourselves and the truth against the liberal censors um, that run Twitter. Anyway, uh, really a fascinating tweet here that I did not hear. Paul Sperry, former D.C. Bureau Chief uh, for Investors Business Daily, Hoover Institution Fellow, best-selling author, tweeted uh, last night that Joe Biden told a supporter after his Keene State College in New Hampshire, not in Vermont, Joe, after his Keene State College uh, visit yesterday, that he came out of college with $280,000 in debt. Then moments later told another supporter his college debt was over $300,000. Now, I'm going to say this as clearly as I can. Even if Joe Biden had graduated yesterday, he would be full of crap. Nobody is borrowing two hundred eighty or $300,000 in debt unless they're graduating from med school. That's just a fact. Even if that was yesterday, at today's prices. But add to the fact, add to that the fact that Joe Biden graduated from the University of Delaware, and I wonder if he knew which state that was, that was or which state he was in then. He graduated in 1965. The average tuition for colleges at that time was about $1,000 a year. If he got a four-year degree at a cost of $1,000 a year and somehow graduated with 280000 or $300,000 in debt, as he claimed, then I kind of don't think we want this guy in charge of America's budget. <laughs> he either is the worst mathematician in the history of the world or the worst investor or the worst money manager or however you want to phrase that or frame that, or he is the maybe biggest liar that politics has ever produced. He graduated in 1965. It cost about $1,000 a year to go to college then. And I'm guesstimating that because I do remember my father-in-law graduated from Elyria High School in 1950. He was a classmate of Vic Janowitz's, I believe. Anyway, uh, and went to Ohio State. And I think he told me that the tuition he paid at Ohio State in 1950 was around five hundred, five or six hundred dollars a year, maybe. So I'm I'm using inflation to suggest that by 1965, 15 years later, it was probably a little over a thousand dollars a year for Joe Biden to graduate. Nonetheless. If it was a thousand or five thousand, it wasn't adding up to two hundred and eighty thousand in debt. Like I said, you'd have to go to med school this year at today's prices for four years to find a way to to accumulate two, three, uh, uh, two or three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Joe Biden is sinking like a stone. I mean, honestly, and that's a great thing. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Let's go to Cleveland and say good morning to Fred on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Fred. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Great day to you. Um, Thanks, I think that uh, this Joe Walsh and Scaramucci and Mark Stanford, if that's his name, if I'm getting it correct, I can't understand how they could support the president 
and then a few years later do what they're doing. I think that it is completely has to do with money and selfishness. These guys, what has changed since Trump's been elected to make them turn against him? I could see if the economy tanked, if Trump was <laughs> doing all kinds of bad things in the White House, if no one would work for him and we're all every world leader hated him and all our trade deals fell apart, then I could see some people turning on him. But when it's the opposite, and everything is going good. The unemployment rate is down to record lows. Blacks and Hispanics, the whole nine yards. These people are frauds, and I think they're in it just for the dollars. Yeah, I, I think there that is a very important point. The last thing that you just said, Fred. Uh, people like Joe Walsh. Uh, first of all, it is you know there is a there's a reason why a lot of other quote-unquote conservatives, for example, most of the National Review contributors and editors who ran uh, that massive anti-Trump cover story uh, in the National Review back in 2016 before the general election, why they did so. And there is a personality thing we all have to acknowledge and admit. Donald Trump is an abrasive personality. He's not a warm and cuddly character. He He, he doesn't project the kind of standard political uh smooth oratory you know type skills that others do he his personality is brash and it rubs a lot of people the wrong way and i can understand some of these conservatives saying you know what i don't like him i don't like the way he handles himself i don't like the way he carries himself i don't like the way he tweets that's a reality that we kind of have to accept and admit there's there's truth there he's not the most lovable or likable guy from a performance standpoint, it's impossible for anybody to, as you just pointed out, Fred, say, I can, uh, suddenly I'm not going to support him. But in Walsh's case, I think he's in the former camp where the personality part he hates so much. And then there is the self-promotion part. Here's a guy who was on uh, the radio for a long time, who was spending his own money to be there. He is uh, in the middle of a very contentious and bad personal situation involving his marriage and child support and other things, and he's looking for a way to up his brand and reinvent himself in order to, I think, get himself out of some financial straits. I think there is absolutely a money um uh, 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 motivator here, I guess is the best way to say that, that you point out. He hates Donald Trump from his personality. He's one of those kind of never-Trumpers like the original NRO guys, but now he's got some personal motives as well, and I think he thinks he is going to benefit financially. He'll run. He'll lose. He may cost Trump the election. Then he'll write a book about the entire thing. It'll be a bestseller. He'll get a million-dollar advance, and he will indeed take uh, you know uh, take his brand to the next level and uh, solve all of his financial ills. I completely. I, agree I think there's one other angle. If you'll let me get it in, please go ahead. I think that jealousy and envy are driving most of these people as well. These lifelong politicians who who are who sit back and say, "I've been doing this my whole life." And this guy comes out of nowhere and tells the truth and is authentic and wins. They can't handle it. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're jealous of him and they envy his success. I will say this. Yes, there are. Certainly, there are a lot of people who are jealous of Donald Trump in politics and out of politics. I mean, look, Donald Trump has been, you know, he's lived the life that, that people only dream about. You know, I mean, he was born into a little bit of money. 
His father gave him like a million dollars as a startup to go and run businesses, open his own businesses and opportunities, which none of us have the chance to do. We're envious of that. We're jealous of that. He turned that little bit of money, relatively speaking, to billions of dollars to a whole lot of money, and a lot of people are jealous of that. He's lived the life of the New York celebrity, the tuxedo wearer. I mean, he, he was real-life Ric Flair. Anybody who knows pro wrestling knows who Ric Flair is. And, you know, he, he used to do this thing. Well, he probably still does, I suppose. He's just not on TV quite as much anymore. He's, he's pushing up toward, I want to say, 75, 80. I don't know. Anyway, he, he used to call himself, you know, the limousine riding, you know, wheeling, dealing, flying, kiss stealing, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, alligator shoe wearing. I mean, he would, he would flaunt his wealth is the point here. And that I got a woman on each arm, a different woman every night of the week. And I'm wearing the nicest clothes, driving the nicest cars, wearing the, the most expensive jewelry, wearing this Rolex. I mean, I, it, it, it's so, such fun pro wrestling shtick. Um, but that, that was the nature boy. Donald Trump lived that for real, not just the rest, wrestling shtick. Donald Trump had a different woman on each arm every night, getting out of limousines. Tuxedos were his standard dress, uh, uh, you know, uh, standard mode of attire. I get, or not mode of attire, standard attire is what I'm trying to say. Uh, he did wear all of the, the expensive stuff. He flaunted his wealth. He was a celebrity. Everybody wanted pictures with him. There's a lot of people who are jealous of Donald Trump long before he became a candidate and then the president of the United States. Yes, there are a lot of people who are jealous of him and who would love to take him down. And yes, a lot of people feel like he doesn't deserve all of the things that he has had. He's had massive business successes, but he's also had some failures. And guess what? Great business people know how to overcome those failures and rebuild. That's exactly what he did. There's a lot of jealousy out there. That's probably part of it. I doubt it's the main motivator, but it's part of it. They hate him for his, what they believe is, you know, a lack of integrity, lack of ethics. You know, he has been a womanizer in the past. Before he met Melania, he has been a guy, uh, you know, who has, uh, you know, had some other problems with women. Uh, he, you know, he's had, again, ups and downs in terms of his business dealings and so on and so forth. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons to dislike Donald Trump. But we didn't elect Donald Trump to be a choir boy. We knew he was more playboy than choir boy. We knew he was more street hustler than clergy. We knew he was a guy who did not have the purest of pasts, and we didn't care because we weren't hiring him to be our moral guide. We were hiring him to do a job, and that job over the last two and a half years has been done exceptionally well. And that's why we need to stop the likes of Joe Walsh from costing us four more years of exceptional job performance. Khalid, on AM 1420, The Answer. How are you, my friend? I am good, my brother. Um, You know, aside from Joe Walsh's uh, Trump stances, I have listened to him more than any human being should. Uh, I found myself in my car coming from different places in the evening. I'm listening to him. And you and I have had exchanges about him. I have found always found him so non-substantive. And I was always just wondering, how did this guy get elected? Because I listened to him quite a bit. And I honestly never saw his appeal and what got him elected. I honestly, and I've just said this months ago, Dan, Dan Messina and I, my good friend, we always kind of mock him a little bit. But I, I don't know how this guy got elected. So for heck, now him to come out and try to say, I'm going to run for president on what, I don't know. Just, I, I, I'm not Donald Trump. It's going to be a yeah, well, yeah, just slogan. that. 
Just that. I mean, yeah. literally. He again. He has offered uh, Khalid not one single policy prescription. He has not made one suggestion about here's how I would handle Iraq. Here's how I would handle Iran. Here's how I would handle uh, uh, Syria. Here's how I would handle the Israel situation. He has never done any of those things. He has never talked about a better health care plan uh, or, or, or any of those sorts of things. Um, he is just... I hate Donald Trump. I read you his 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 uh, tweet from from this morning. It, it's just about hatred of Donald Trump. He's a you know philanderer, this that and the other thing. Although I want, I'm not going to read it again. But but that's his his whole campaign here. I'm not Trump. Trump is dangerous to the country. I'm different than Trump. I'm not a danger to the country. Vote for me. And guess what? He knows that won't win, but he knows it can defeat Donald Trump by letting a Democrat win. Yeah, and, and I think that's pretty much uh, where he's going. I mean, of all people, this guy is 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 is, is a is a comedian. Uh, if he's I one term, by the way, put, just to point out, yeah, one term congressman. Yeah, he served one term and then lost. He didn't resign. He lost his uh, in reelection. So he served two years in the House and then was beaten. So you know, you asked how was he ever elected? Uh, I think everybody who voted for him wondered the same thing because they uh, they turned away from him right after that. And if I may segue real quick, yeah. uh, we have we're, we're going to actually probably uh, bring up this and some other things on September fifth when the great Doctor Everett Piper joins us at Wagner's and Westlake uh, Liberty Lounge, keeping the Republic. Those of you who want to get a preview of what you're going to experience in November with your event, uh, you can come and listen to Doctor Piper, who you'll hear uh, every week on your show. We're going to talk about that with Tom Z and Mike Gibbons and Jeffrey Sendelar Jr., uh, keeping the republic, because at this point in time, we need to get engaged and get involved and, and, and get battle ready to talk about all the issues that are threatening us right now. And Dr. Everett Piper and uh, Tom Z and all of us are going to get together uh, at Wagner's May 5th, and uh, you can buy tickets online at americantrinityproject.org, uh, as well as on Eventbrite. Because Dr. Piper, uh, I've been a huge fan of his since he's been on your show, and so many of other people, we get a lot of interest in him. So come check him out, September 5th at Wagner's. Thank you for all you do for us, uh, uh, Bob, and I look forward to hearing Dr. Piper Thursday as usual as I tune in every Thursday to hear him on your show. It is a genuine pleasure to promote such a great event uh, run by two very great people, and I'm sure you guys have other people behind the scenes, but yourself and Dan, so I'm very, very happy to keep promoting that uh, from the American Trinity Project. As he pointed out, the Liberty, Liberty Lounge event lounge event that uh, Dr. Piper will keynote speak at uh, on September 5th is going to be, uh, the tickets are going to be at americantrinityproject.org. All right, just repeating what Khalid said, americantrinityproject.org. Very, very happy to uh, share that. All right, going to get a quick time out here. We'll come back. More calls. If you want to get in, get in now, 216-901-0945, It's the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Understood the uh, name of the song. One of my favorite songs by Robert Plant, by the way. Maybe my very favorite of him of him as a uh, solo artist. I'm assuming it's the road log. I'm assuming it's a trucker's log that you have to keep by the mile when you. When the name of the song is Big Log. Doesn't uh, doesn't really go with it with anything except for that. I'll explore that another time. 
maybe on a podcast. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Let's get a couple of more phone calls in here. By the way, coming up at the top of the hour, after the top of the hour news, we're going to dive back into uh, the story that I told you about yesterday, an enormous win for religious liberty and for free speech yesterday uh, with a federal appeals court, the 8th Court of Appeals, uh, ruling in favor of Alliance Defending Freedom and their clients. We continue to see attack after attack. This time it's a videography company that was being forced or told in Minnesota that they had to uh, provide and produce videos and films for same-sex weddings, despite the fact that it went against their own religious uh, moral conv- religious convictions. A huge, huge win. Alliance Defending Freedom was right there in the middle of that fight, and uh, we're going to talk to ADF after the top of the hour with uh, with the details on that very important victory. TJ in Cleveland next. TJ, go ahead. Yeah. You know, hello, Bob. Yes. Yeah. You know. Uh, I agree with you and your callers. You know, this guy is nothing but a big loser dope. And perhaps he's looking for, like, a gig like Morning Joe Scarborough, another backstabber. He could become Evening Joe Walsh, you know, on MSNBC. It's all about his personal finances and stuff he's doing this. And he doesn't worry me one bit, Bob. First of all, he ain't no Ross Perot. Ross Perot had more charisma in his little toe than this guy's got in his whole body. And anybody that would vote for this dope, probably isn't going to vote for Trump anyways if they hate him that bad, you know, to cast a vote for this man. So he doesn't want one bit, you know, uh, worry me about swinging an election. And, and you know, as far as Ross Perot goes, I think a lot of people have forgotten. You know, after Clinton, four years, and he was running for re-election, on a Sunday afternoon, Ross Perot paid over a million dollars to do an infomercial apologizing to the American people for what he did in putting Clinton in office for four years you know, the mistake he made. And there's no question he put Clinton in office. Clinton only won with 43%. Yeah. If Perot wasn't there, uh, H would have got H. another W would have had another term, no doubt yeah. about it. So so this guy's nothing but a big loser. And, you know, Bob, Benedict Arnold's have been around history, you know, ever since history began. Stab somebody in the back, stab your own side in the back just for my own personal wealth or glory or whatever. But th- this guy isn't even worth mentioning. Like I said, he's just a big losing dope, and he ain't going to go nowhere, and he doesn't have the charisma or the power or the name recognition uh, to swing any election. I think, I, TJ, the, the, I, I think the difference, though, is, and thanks for the call, there There was no social media in 1991-92 uh, when Ross Perot did that. Um, his charisma did help carry the way because, you know, the only press he got was on television you know uh you know in the three news networks and so on cable was in its infancy uh, i believe and there certainly was no internet and social media to speak of then um so joe walsh doesn't have to have that charisma to have an impact he has to have followers he has to have people who can hear him and people who will listen to his points about why we must stop trump etc etc to the point where i think he can have an impact i am worried in that regard uh i don't think he himself is a reason to worry but the fact that he can spread the never trump message as wide and as far as the media or excuse me that social media may take him i think that is a reason uh to be concerned uh, the guy's well known. All right, the guy's well known. He's he's popular at least in uh, in you know with respect to um, uh, his followers on social media. And I know the world is not run by social media. Don't get me wrong, but it's a barometer. It's an indicator. And you know he's got a lot of people that uh, that do 
you know, listen to them. And that if they're already on the fence about Trump, supporting Trump, maybe they didn't vote for Trump the first time, they're considering it this time, and Joe Walsh comes out there and plays this card the way he does, and it makes them, you know, turn away from that possibility of voting for Trump, I think he can have an impact on the election. Not that I want him to, obviously, but I'm worried that he might. Thanks for the call. We'll come right back on AM4. 